Good evening. This is Orson Welles, your producer of a special series of broadcasts presented by the makers of Tab's Blue Ribbon, the Mercury Summer Theater of the Air. Tonight, and every Friday night, blended, splendid Tab's Blue Ribbon presents you with a front row seat at one of the greatest plays ever produced. So, while Orson Welles entertains you, pour yourself a tall, frosted glass of Pabst Blue Ribbon and enjoy at the same time great theater and this truly great beer. And now, Mr. Wells. Tonight, The Mercury brings you one of the most effective short novels of recent years, written by Ellis St. Joseph, A Passenger to Bali. Most secret, most urgent. To the Commission for Inquiry, a confidential report concerning the disappearance of His Majesty's ship Roundabout, lost somewhere on the China Seas. Here follow excerpts from the log of Captain English. That's myself, master of the Roundabout. In Shanghai, central China, October of last year, a foggy night. Captain English! That was the first time I heard that man's voice calling my name. It has been ringing in my ears ever since. That was the first time I saw his enormous figure in its bell-shaped greatcoat. A figure that haunts me still. Captain English! Yes, who is it? I am the Reverend Dr. Rob Walks, a Dutch missionary bound for Bali, there to distribute Bibles and spread the word of the Lord. What can I do for Your you? Your hand, sir. The Lord has brought us together tonight, Captain. What the Lord has put together, let no man put asunder. Isn't that your marriage sermon, Dr. Walks? A first meeting is a marriage. Or a parting. Uh-huh. Captain, you're looking at this thing men call my face. Have you seen it before? No. So much the better. The meeting, sir, is a marriage. <laughs> Dr. Walks threw a palpable shadow over the whole ship. Something you couldn't put your finger on. A sort of restlessness. Unspoken dissension among the crew. Even the officers. It gives me to lie down in the green pastures. He prepared the table for me in the presence of my enemies. Amen. <clears throat> Gentlemen, I have an excellent appetite today. I congratulate you, Dr. Walks. You've made a conquest of our cook. The quickest way to a ship's heart is through its belly, sir. Why not go straight to the heart? A practicing missionary, Captain English, cannot afford an impractical idealism, opportunism, strategy. I'm amazed at you, sir. A man of the cloth talking that way. You believe even in violence, Mr. Walks, to attain your end? <laughs> even without an end, Captain English. Force! Horse! Yeah, grab what you can in your fists. Throw the scraps to the weak. That's the law of nature. No right to talk like that. Gentlemen! It's unholy. Well, I won't sit at the same table with a... With a... what? A what, Mr. Stagg? I don't know what. I've no name for the likes of you. The Stagg has had his fill. <laughs> Yeah. What about you, Mr. Rangle? That's the kind of thing you preach to the natives. I'm sorry for him. Excuse me, Captain. Goodbye, Mr. Rangle. <laughs> yeah, we're alone now, Captain. 
Are you with me, sir? No, Mr. Watts. You're with me on my ship, which you seem to have forgotten. The next morning, we lay off the shallow water of Beulah Long, the port of Valley. Captain English, sir. Captain English, I beg a word with you. Surely, Mr. Watts, you're not so poor in words that you need to beg one. Here are $200 in the currency of God's own country. I'm hiring one of your lifeboats for the brief period of half an hour to get ashore. I'm afraid that's impossible. Must I swim for it? I... I wouldn't if I were you. That's the government launch Government now. launch. Listen, men, this is your last chance. Yours as well as mine. Get me off this boat to take the consequences. I swear it. You'll ransack the four corners of the globe looking for this minute. Don't let it slip through your fingers. There's eternity in it. I am Van Matzis, Captain. Chief Inspector of the port. How do you do? So I look over your papers. Mm-hmm. Bills of lading. Uh, manifest. What is this, a declaration? A passenger? You say you're a passenger? A missionary? Well, certainly I see nothing peculiar about that. But we are not permitting a missionary here in Bali for many years. They're causing too much trouble with the natives. Or the world knows this. How do you do? Dr. Walks, Minerva Matches. I'm very, very glad to meet you, sir. Oh, it is you. <laughs> this morning I wake, the birds sing, the sun is shining. Why is no volcanic eruption warning me that you are coming? <laughs> My good sir, I am the eruption. <laughs> but how is it possible you are coming as a clergyman here to Bali? I had no time for shopping, my dear sir. This is the only suit that would fit there. <laughs> they are not making clothes big enough to fit you, eh? No. <laughs> no, no countries either. No. Captain, this gentleman is not a Dutchman. No, of course he not. is not a missionary. He is what you call an international figure, Captain. Yes, What's that? Everywhere he goes, he is making trouble. First in the west and now in the east. Well, please be clear, sir. What does he do? What 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 has he done? Only God is knowing that. Last year, five thousand coolies were following him from the cotton mills in Wuzhou, now two hours from Shanghai. Six thousand coolies, sir. Oh, well, that's very interesting. But what am I to do with him? Well. <laughs> The Dutch East Indies are close to him. I do not know there is not close to such a man. I doubt you will lose him, ever. Here he is on this ship. He belongs to you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you turn me into a flying Dutchman, sir? <laughs> a flying Dutchman. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Walker. <laughs> a flying Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> After Bali, the news of our flying Dutchman flew like a screaming gull before our mast. In Makassar, Benyor Masin, Lembang, Batavia, Koba, Pekan, Singapore, Bangkok, the answers were all the same. No, Captain, you cannot land him here. We do not want him. We won't have him. We want none of him. We know him. He's a pest to plague this man. The port is closed to Mr. Walks. Moreover, so long as he's on your ship, the port is closed to your ship.
It's impossible to say when or how, but slowly, imperceptibly, our passenger came to take possession of the ship and all its crew. The natives fell more and more deeply under his spell. I was their captain in name, he in fact. We were his prisoners, not he ours. He all but emptied our stores with his huge appetite. Sacrificing all hope of profit, all hope of everything but emptying our ship of that loathsome passenger, we set our course west under ballast to Shanghai. Their port officials informed us that the British consul, a Mr. Chisholm, was to favor us with a personal visit. But it was noon before he came aboard. The uh, Chinese port authorities informed me of your predicament, Captain, and asked me to handle it in my own manner. Uh, so much the better for all of us. According to their specific instructions. Well, I don't understand, Mr. Chisholm. Well, my dear fellow, don't try. It's diplomacy. Only the stupid try to understand diplomacy, and they spoil the game for the rest of us. It's like playing blind man's buck with a really blind man, and that makes it too macabre. Now, oh, I say, wouldn't you ask me to sit down? Oh, please, please. Yeah, thank you. I see there's a cold draft on my back. Would you would you mind closing the door? A draft? In this heat? The diplomacy, my dear fellow. The diplomatic way of suggesting we may be overheard. Oh. And now, Mr. Chisholm? Oh, yes, yes, sir. Where were we? We hadn't begun. Well, to be sure, you're flying Dutchman. Of course, you can't land him here. I can't? What? The what, man's bound, what did you, you say? The man's bound, you know. Shanghai has its quota of bounders. But I understood Shanghai wants him. The, the police are looking for him. Mr. Walks would certainly be arrested if he set foot on land, but he will not be given the opportunity. This saves the Chinese government a complicated legal procedure and the trouble and expense of providing for him. What of my trouble? What of my expense? Mm, really, my friend? A man is on my boat and I can't get rid of him. No port will accept him. Worse than that, no port will receive us while he's on board. They've turned him into a flying Dutchman and they've turned us into a phantom ship. My crew is not allowed to land, not even to desert. Am I expected to sail him round the world all the rest of my days? Uh, Captain, the man you have on your ship carries no passport and is claimed by no country. Legally, he doesn't exist. And uh, as such, no flag protects him. He has no rights and if he were suddenly to disappear, no questions would be asked. Yes. You know, if I were in your shoes, Captain, I'd, uh, I'd go for a walk around the deck with him on some dark night. But that's murder. <laughs> I fail to see how you can murder a man who doesn't exist. I shall anticipate a bit and report that your passenger does not exist. I found no one on the boat that remotely resembles Mr. Walks. Am I a ghost, gentlemen? Oh, Mr. Walks, I... I didn't hear you coming. Is this the English consul, the august representative of Great Britain? As I was saying, Captain, I shall report that there is no such person as Mr. Walks. Your passenger doesn't exist. Nevertheless, I must uh, take the proper precautions. I shall report that I found plague on board. Cholera, I think, or, or bubonic. Would you turn me into a disease? <laughs> China can control bubonic. Oh? She has no antidote to Mr. Walks. No, you don't, Mr. Chisholm. I'm big enough to fill this doorway. I wouldn't try to pass if I were you. I'm a catching disease, I warn you. The captain and the crew have caught me and I'm fatal to them. Try to pass me and you'll catch it yourself. Do you see, Mr. Chisholm? When I'm in your way, you've got to take notice of me. 
By heaven, I do exist. That's all, sir. I may leave. With my permission. Mr. Walks, I'm going to take Mr. Chisholm's advice. Oh, has he suggested one more port, still another? It'll take me, is there? Such a place. Such a land on earth. I've no doubt they will accept you there. Will they? should hardly have thought it possible. Even if I were to die, I doubt if you'd lose me. And probably carry me back and forth between heaven and hell. <laughs> <laughs> You are listening tonight, ladies and gentlemen, to a story called A Passenger to Bali. Starred in our Mercury cast tonight is a Mercury actor you remember from several of our motion pictures and from broadcasts without number. He's playing Captain English, and he is the very gifted and versatile Mr. Everett Sloan. Rounding out an all-Mercury cast are Alfred Shirley, whom you've just heard as the British Consul, and Stefan Schnabel and Guy Spall. These latter two, Fridays accepted, are to be seen in almost as many parts as there are countries in our current musical around the world in 80 days. Just now it's intermission time. Here's a young gentleman with some remarks on the subject of the summer theater. Careful what you say, Jim. Well, Mr. Wells, I only want to say something which I know you'll agree with. And that's this. Good summer theater should be, well, not too heavy and not too light, but just fresh, clean, sparkling, like Pap's Blue Ribbon. You see, friends, there's a reason for that real beer taste of Pap's Blue Ribbon. Yes, and there's a reason for that unchanging Pabst Blue Ribbon quality. For every single drop of this truly great beer is always full flavor blended of never less than 33 fine brews. So these days, when your dealer is occasionally unable to supply you with all the Pabst Blue Ribbon you'd like, please keep on asking. Remember, every bottle you get will live up to Pabst standards of quality and taste. Yes, every bottle will be, as always... Blended, splendid, Pap's Blue Ribbon. And now, Mr. Wells. Part the seconds. The barometer's falling out on the China Seas. Bad weather's on the way. Aboard His Majesty's ship, the roundabout, the queer and evil Reverend Dr. Rob Walks is still a passenger to Bali. I say, Captain, I've been thinking a good deal these last two days about, you know, this situation of ours, about walks. What's to keep us from giving him a lifeboat and some food and sitting him adrift? He'd starve to death. But we wouldn't be there to see it, would we? No, that's impossible. It's inhuman. I suppose you'd sooner see him drown, eh? Kind of. Drown? Why not, sir? It's going to be a dark night, isn't it? There's a man fell overboard tonight. Who told you to say that? Why, nobody, sir. It stands to reason. It's beyond reason. Listen, sir, we can't carry him from now until the day of judgment. 
Mr. Stagg, report to the engine room. Full speed ahead. Fire the boilers to top steam. Keep her headed into the wind. Aye, sir. Batten down the hatches. Call all men on deck that aren't in the engine room. Secure everything. I'll see to the wind. Aye, aye, sir. Dirty weather. Dirty weather, eh, Captain? What? Walks. Why, you surprised me thinking of there were you conspiring with the wind or the waves. I must be on the bridge, Mr. Walsh. Tell me, sir. Why do you hate me? What? I... This is no time for equivocation. If you must spare me, spare me that. Give me the reason. One good reason. Why do you hate me? You tricked me into accepting you on this... All animosity began long before. Before you knew me for what I am. I hated you the night I picked you up off the wharf. I found my reasons later. That night, Mr. Waltz, I hated you without cause. Thank you. You hated me before you knew anything about me. And you must have hated me for some reason within yourself, Captain. I must go up to the bridge. You were to blame, not I. You and the civilized world. Your world that have bound me to you. Let me go. Let go. But civilization is rotting, Captain. Because its origin is fear. The vacuum that nature abhors. Like the center of this, this hurricane upon which the four winds of the earth are converging. Captain! Captain English! Let me go! For 2,000 years, the strong have been sacrificed to the weak. With what result? To imprison the strong, the weak have imprisoned themselves. The wheel, Captain English, the wheel! That is why you abominate me, Captain. Because I've destroyed your illusion of freedom and betrayed you to yourself. I am the opposition. You know what the British consul, Mr. Stagg, told you to do? Well, I do. Here we are at the railing's end. Why don't you do it? If opposition's reversed, do you think I'd hesitate for a moment? I'd move quietly. I'd take a sudden step forward. I will. By heaven, I will. Fool. You're not strong enough. This ship is mine. I'll never leave it. Get up. I give you back your life. It would have died with your conscience. <laughs> you would never have survived me. The wheel! Captain, the wheel! The wheel! Loose! Send was a matter of moments. With an uncontrollable rudder, she would drive herself down into the deep. A great wave struck the walls and broke in the door and descended upon us. As the ship raised her shoulders above the sea and the water washed out through the whirling wheel, we saw looming in the doorway an immense figure with the salt water running down him, dripping from his face and fingers. Mr. Waltz might have risen from the sea itself. Out of the way! Mr. Waltz, you can't stop that wheel! It'll kill you! I'll stop it if I have to smash it! <laughs> ah! Waltz! Waltz! He's done it! He's got the wheel on his back! Uh, I've got the ocean. The whole ocean on my back. Thank <laughs> you.
I can... <sighs> Gentlemen, I doubt if it will be necessary. What's that? What's that you say? I'm holding nothing. The ship's rudder has just snapped. Next morning, the ship was a corpse, floating face upward, wrecked and mangled beyond all recognition. We were 200 miles off the coast of China. We had no wireless, and the roundabout past controller repair might sink before she was sighted by another vessel. Then your mind's made up, Captain? Yes, Mr. Stagg. We're all men on deck. Aye, sir. Then who's been ringing the ship's bell? No one, sir. A ghost. A ghost bell. The ghost ship. Shut up, Walks. The rope's broken, Captain. The bell's ringing by herself. It's a sway in the it. <laughs> this is the Flying Dutchman's demon vessel. We drift rudderless in a fog in all directions. To no port. He's out of his mind, sir. Let him talk. <laughs> Let the bell toll. We've no time for either of them. We're abandoning ship. Women and children first. Roundabout us no more. This is manifold. The vast boat is the whole world. The mountains are a masts. The middle of her hull are a pivot for the moon. Her cables are the circumference of St. Peter's Dome and extend around the globe. The ship is sinking, Mr. Watts. Our masts are so high that a boy becomes a gray-headed man before he reaches the fartic shrouds. She takes a hundred years to attack. And when one of us sailors dies, she buries civilization. Into the lifeboat, men. You've a long way to row, Captain, with me in tow. Who'll pick up a doomsday passenger? Row on, sir. Row on! Touch land. And away we go. The boat, men. Easy does it. See the little room for me? Leave room, I'm a man that likes to stretch his legs. Are you so sure of yourself? Oh, yes, as sure as I am of you, Captain. I rely upon your charity, pity, mercy, your holy virtues that are oil for the faulty machinery of justice. Where love leads justice, the blind lead the blind. Then it would be just to leave you behind. You don't dare. You don't dare to leave me behind. How well you know me, Mr. Walks. <laughs> I suppose you even rely upon my gratitude. Gratitude for what? You saved the ship last night. Gratitude? I saved you last night as a soldier infested by lice. Might crouch beneath cannon fire and thus rescue himself and them from a common death. Gave you a thought. I see. All right, Mr. Stagg, we're ready. Give the order to abandon ship. Captain, this time I obey your order gladly. It wasn't meant for you, Mr. Walks. You're not going. What's that? You always wanted my ship. I'm giving her to you. She's yours. I'm not going! Now you are the captain. I needn't remind you of a captain's duty to stay with his ship. You leave me on the roundabout. She may float for a week or an hour. You'll be safe for a while, and there'll be food enough even for you. I wish you a pleasant journey. 
wherever you're going. I'll see you rock first. Ready, Mr. Stagg? Aye, sir. Into the lifeboats, men. Wait. Don't listen to him, sir. Well? Captain. Captain, I have no excuse. I'm the lowest of the low. My home is deeper than the grave, deeper than the sea. You don't have your right to desert me. Then there's nothing more to say. But have you no pity, Captain? Captain, have you no charity, no mercy? Oil, you called it. Goodbye, Mr. Watts. Not so soon. Don't forget I'm your shadow. Your doppelganger. Your doomsday passenger. Mr. Watts, I warn you. Your voice isn't loud enough for me to hear. Stay where you are. Now, if I shout through the muzzle of this gun, you may hear the whisper. I hear you very well now. It's a pity it had to end this way. I would move heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. Would stay where they are. So will I. Ready to cast off, sir? I'm coming, Mr. Stagg. My sextant, Mr. Walks. You'll need it. Not I! I'll shoot the sun and stars with more than a sextant before I die. Get along, sir, and whistle for the wind. We'll be meeting again soon enough. off with no other sound than the movement of our oars. Walks followed us around the deck and finally lifted his hand and waved. We moved apart. As the loom of the great hull grew shadowy, only a little heavier and darker than the enveloping whiteness, his colossal figure seemed to dwarf the vessel. The roundabout rose gradually out of the black and silver water and heaved to in midair as though awaiting a message. Then the hulk dilated in the fog and faded on the horizon like sea mist in the morning sun. We could see nothing but our own strained faces dimly in the milky light. just heard our Mercury production of A Passenger to Bali. And now just a few words from our sponsors on a very important subject of prices. The makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon are holding their prices at the levels established by OPA last month. Also, when government price control ended last Sunday night, they telegraphed each wholesale distributor of Pabst Blue Ribbon throughout the country, urgently counseling him to do likewise. Further, the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon strongly urge beer retailers all over the country to do the same. For we believe it's up to all of us to do our utmost in the battle against inflation. Well, as to next Friday, we're bringing to your radio, if we may, for the first time, a story that's just about due to come to your movie theater. Edward G. Robinson, already young and your obedient servant, are involved in the proceedings. The last name was also the director, and it's going to be fun, I think, translating The Stranger, for that's the name of the story, to the microphone. 
The Stranger is a love story, but it's got more than its quota of chills and shivers, being all about, to quote the current advertisements, the most deceitful man a woman ever loved. That would seem to be me. So join us next week, same time, same station, and decide for yourselves about that. Until then, speaking for my sponsors, the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, and for the whole Mercury Theater, including especially tonight Mr. Everett Sloan, and as usual, Maestro Bernard Herman, who was responsible for the music, I remain as always obediently yours. <laughs> This program came to you through the courtesy of the Pabst Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Makers of blended, splendid Pabst Blue Ribbon. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Yeah.